for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Uh, mothers are not to be underestimated. We are stronger than we think. We are, even though in the midst of something we think that we aren't strong and we don't know what to do, we actually are stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Praise God. Um, today I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the beginning. And this was a word that the Holy Spirit gave to me. And um, he actually told me to begin in Genesis. So we're going to begin in Genesis. And if you wanted to turn to... Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Now we know that God made Adam and Eve. He blessed them in the garden. And they fell. But there was a promise given. Okay. So we have a reward to be a mom. And that it's pretty amazing that life can produce through us and become a living being a walking and talking little person that can call you mom. Yeah, yes. So God used a woman to bring forth Jesus to redeem mankind from the fall in the Garden of Eden. And so that's where we're going to find... Are you guys there? Right there? Okay. I'm nervous, sorry. <laughs> okay. Chapter 3, verse 15. And this is God speaking. He says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Okay, so that's, we are talking about Jesus there. Okay. At the moment that Jesus took the keys from Hades, after he died on the cross, and sat at the right hand of God, we were given, say given, the ability to crush Satan's head. Okay. And it all started, it was all prophesied in the beginning. Say in the beginning. The beginning. Okay. Now we all know in the beginning we start with a little seed inside our womb. So this is the beginning. John fourteen twelve, the New International Version says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He also, um, Jesus also says in Luke 10, verse 19, that I have given, say given, you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing, say nothing, will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Because, okay, the reason he says not to rejoice in the fact that we can um, defeat the enemy is because iniquity would be found in you as was Satan. Okay, do you, do you guys see that? Okay. Now, we do it humbly and with authority. Say authority. Okay. Jesus was born of a woman nursed on his mother's breast and grew up, say grew up. grew up, now his mother knew before he was born that Jesus was going to be called Emmanuel, God among us, and that he had a calling on his life. Okay, so that was given to her. She was told, okay? So, oh. 
Jesus was born and was made rich before he was two years old. The three wise men. Okay. A child that was going to save God's people from their sins. A child that was prophesied into existence. Prophesied right into existence. So if you want to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Oops, sorry. Verse 1 through 7. I'm going to read out of the NIV version of his prophecy. It says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be the fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So he had a calling on his life, and it was prophesied. Say prophesied. prophesied. He was one that would grow and find favor with God and man, and that's in Luke 2, 52, and redeem us to be reconciled back to God. Okay? So Jesus had a calling on his life to do what no man could do. Say no man could do. No man could do. We seem to forget that as he grew, he truly grew. He was born as every other child, nursed on his mother, had to learn how to walk and crawl and run. He was exposed to the prostitutes, drunkards, tax collectors, thieves, everything that was going on in his world. Sickness, disease, lepers, the blind, he grew up in that. We seem to think that 30 is when, no. No, so when the Bible tells us that he knows everything that we've been tempted with, he really knows everything that we've been tempted with. Amen? Okay. So he knew he was here on the earth to save them. He was around them every day in some shape or form, and the Messiah that was growing up around them was there to save them, and they didn't even know it. They didn't even know it. If you go to Isaiah, since you're there, chapter 53, we're going to look at verses 2 through 3. It says, He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. 
Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. He had no special attributes. Nothing that made him stand out from the crowd to let them know that that was Jesus. That he was prophesied into existence. That he had a calling on his life. And he was right there in the midst of them. Okay. Now as he grew, he did get baptized. Okay. And this is what happened after he got baptized. We're going to go into verse 3. 4. Sorry, we did 3. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and who can speak of, the, of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servants will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So not only did he take care of us, but he gave us an inheritance, saying inheritance. He inherited. Okay, so we're talking about mothers today. We start with a seed. They grow. We give them inheritance. Amen? Okay. So... I'm really excited about this word. I'm so nervous. Okay. So, <laughs> now, um, the age that I'm actually talking today is the conception to 12 years old. Okay, so that's the portion that I'm going to cover. And I hope that you can see the mirror reflection from Jesus onto your children's life and onto your own. Okay. So it says, your child that God blesses you with has a calling. Before they were born, their lives were prophesied. Yes. You, you were prophesied into existence yes. to come here at this yes. point in time right now. So not only you, but your child. Yes. Just like Jesus was prophesied in Genesis. Okay, yes. This is so exciting. <laughs> There's no reason that we should not be doing our calling. No reason. But as for our children, we have a duty as children of God to do what Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 says. You guys can turn there if you'd like to, or I can just read it to you. Okay. It says, now, it says, uh, impress them. What's really small? On your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. 
and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Okay. So we're supposed to talk about God, miracles that are done, his promises, his ways of doing life, and how God expects us to treat each other and with our words. Now your child may look like not much to other people, right? They may not look like to you they're the, the whole entire universe, but to other people they may not look like anything because Jesus didn't look like anything, okay? Um, but he or she may get despised, mocked, not desired, but they are called. Say so they are called. They are called. They're called by God to bring something to the people in this world, whether it is locally or widespread, um, widespreading the gospel. Now, we have a benefit because we have um, the Internet now. So the kids can actually spread the gospel a lot faster than they could back then, which is really cool. Um, so your job as mothers is to bring your child into alignment with the Word of God and set them on their paths. Say, set them on their paths. You can't control everything they do, but you can set them on their path. Okay? I believe Mary did that with Jesus because she took him every year um, to do the Passover. Okay? So he was every year learning the Word, hearing the Word, doing what the Word tells us to do. And that is to have all these feasts and these things that we're supposed to be doing in the Old Testament. It says forever means forever. Even though we're in the New Testament, we have a new um, promise, we are still to hold his other um, words that he says. Amen? Okay. Okay, so if you ever thought, because I have, that you'll wait until they're older to start them somehow into the Word of God, you'll have a harder time reversing the worldly ways of thinking out of them. That's why we're supposed to start young and get them in there. Even as a little baby, they're like little sponges is what we call them. They take everything in. So even though they may not be able to say what you're saying, eventually they will because that's how they learn how to speak. Because everything that you're saying, they eventually pick it up, understand what the word is, and then say it. Okay? Okay. So, Paul in Romans, um, chapter 10, verse 17, says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The NIV says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the mes message is heard through the word of Christ. I like that because it brings the word. The word of Christ. Okay, amen. So how much more for our children who have a calling on their life for us as a mother to teach them the word and not only rely on the church to do it? That's a start. That is a very good start to make sure that, you know, you have some guidance through the church because we're growing. Say, so we're growing. We're spiritually growing. So I don't care if you're 50 years old and you just get saved, you're a babe in the spirit. Okay, so we're growing. So, but we should be in the word ourselves to give the word to our children. What is poured into us will eventually overflow to them, good or bad. So if you're pouring in bad, they're going to get that. If you're pouring in good, they're going to get that, okay? That goes along with cussing. Listen, this was a Holy Spirit given word, so... <laughs> <laughs> <It's good. laughs> 
Okay. My mom puts open my mouth for cussing. And as I got older, about a little bit less than a year ago, I'm 35, almost 36, so just about a little, like, less than a year ago, roughly, I learned, say I got a revelation, revelation. (laughs) that my mom was punishing me for her teaching. I'm going to let that set for a second. I was punished for what she was doing and what she was saying and what was my environment and I got in trouble for it but I didn't know any better because I was little you know so she set my course and my path by her example by her teaching and I was just copying her and my dad so it can go either way If you teach your kids to lay hands on the sick and they will recover, don't hold them back in public praying for someone. Do not. Don't let your fear hinder their belief that you built on the inside of them. Okay? Help them through the rejection. If they get rejected by somebody, oh, no, I'm fine, or oh, no, 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 I don't want it. Help them through that if it comes. Okay? They are going to get it somehow, some way, even if they aren't doing the word. How many of us have been, you know, rejected out there when we weren't living under the word and saved and things like that? So either way, if you can teach them young how to deal with rejection, it won't bother them and it won't allow Satan a hold in their life. Okay. So Jesus was rejected and he said we would be for his name's sake. And that's in John chapter 15, 21. And we have to get out of the mindset of what they will think or I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed, okay? So that it will hold you and your child back from the calling that was placed on your life and theirs because it's on both of you. Just because you're a mom doesn't mean you're not a child of somebody. You still are a child of someone, okay? So you have a calling and they have a calling. Say, I have a calling calling. and they have a calling. So Jesus says, I only do what my father does and I only say what my father says. Okay, so that's that good and bad thing that we need to make sure we watch as moms what we're doing and what we're saying. I was convicted one time. My older two boys, they went to the front. Um, My second oldest, Christopher, when I first started coming here, because he was experiencing things with the Lord and he saw me and he knew what I believed and I was struggling. Say struggling. I was in the kitchen crying. And he was over here saying, well, why aren't you praying? Why don't you believe? Why aren't you doing what? (laughs) Okay. So it's very important that we do believe. And the belief comes by a choice. Say choice. It's a choice. That's what I've learned. It's a choice. I choose to believe. You can't say, oh, I believe. No, that's false hope. You choose. Say, God, I make a choice and I believe this and I don't care what happens. I'm going. This is what we're doing. And so, I'm going to off on that. But um, our example is very important to them and they are watching everything that we do. Okay? So Jesus says, I do what my father does, only say what my father says. So if you hold back your child, it will hold you back. Or your child will do the same thing like mine and ask, why aren't you praying? Why aren't you believing? Okay? Because I was the teacher. 
you are born at, when you're a mom or a dad, the moment you're a teacher at that moment, you are called to teach, you are called to raise, you are called to set an example for them. It doesn't matter. So you are a teacher. Say, I am, I am. A, teacher. a teacher. So I, um, as a mom, you teach your kids your colors. You teach them how to walk. You guide them along, right? They're ABCs. But when I was a mom, I didn't have the revelation of my actions fully of what I was doing. I thought I was just teaching them the ways you know, let's learn our ABCs, let's learn how to read, let's do this, let's do that. But I didn't have the revelation of what I was doing until about a year ago. Okay? It's so important. It doesn't matter when you figure it out, as long as you figure it out and you move forward and you say, okay, I've got this, okay, now let's go. Has it been perfect? No. Has it been rocky? Yes. But if... You get that revelation, and you work towards it. God will guide you every step of the way. Everything that you say, he'll say, nope, don't do that. Nope, no time out this time. Nope, don't do this. And he'll talk you through everything you need to do with your child if you let him, if you want it. You have to want it. You have to want him in there to help you. Okay? So, um, one more example. I realized my mom punished me for her teaching, that I couldn't say what she said, but she could. And that was tricky for me. Because how could she do what she was doing, but I couldn't do, because she's my teacher. She, I looked up to her, right? So um, my younger ones have seen me cuss. I'm not going to get up here and lie and say I've got myself together. <laughs> not. I'm not. I'd rather tell you the truth of who I am than try to sugarcoat that I'm just this perfect persona because how are you going to learn from me if I've had it all together and I've never failed? Right? Okay. So, um, <laughs> they have gone very long periods of not hearing it from me because I didn't want them to say what I was saying. Okay? And um, I have to say that they do not cuss. There are times out of anger, my husband's right there, will tell you I have let the bombs fly when I was angry. But it's not on a consistent basis, does not make it right, but on the consistent thing that you do is what they're following. Not that they don't hear it, not that it's not going in there. I'm not excusing my behavior or anybody else's behavior because they'll see and they'll hear and they'll do. Say they'll see. They'll hear, and they'll do. And it's the same thing. It's like a type and shadow of our lives in the spiritual life. It's the same. It's pretty cool. So, um, the proof is in the pudding. Jesus gave us examples in the Bible of what we are to do and how to do them. When we live it, they live it. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter. Just to start somewhere. So if you're a mom in here and you just got saved and you have a five-year-old, don't walk out of here and think, oh my gosh, I missed the first five years of their life to give them God. Absolutely not. That is a lie from the enemy. That is just, just rebuke it and say, no, I know what I'm supposed to do now. And I'm going to go forth and this is what I'm going to start to do. Is it going to be perfect? No. Are you going to miss days? Yes. 
Are you going to fail? Probably. But you've got to start somewhere. That's all God tells us to do. Start somewhere. Because if you're willing to start somewhere, that's your faith in believing him. Amen? Okay. Because as you will start, you will grow. Say, it will and you will grow. Starting is faith. Starting is faith. If you never start in the baby step, steps just as your child, you are in unbelief that God can't do it or that you can't do it. If you don't start, you're in unbelief because you're not willing to take that step, step of faith. Say, okay, God, here I am. Take me where I'm at. Let's go. Show me what I'm supposed to do with my child. Show me how to walk spiritually because right now I'm a babe. Help me grow. And as you take that step, it will grow. Amen? Okay. So as a baby can walk on the first try, he falls, but he gets back up. He gets back up. He gets back up and he tries again. And that's what we're to do. If we fall as a mom... We get right back up and we try it again. We don't say, well, that's it, I'm done. No. We keep fighting and we keep going and we keep seeking the Lord, right? Um, God wants us to grow spiritually just like our children do and that we lead by example. Saving souls is important and it starts with your family. It starts there. It starts with them. Because you're leading them into the world out there. Amen. Amen. I think should we push this back? Hi everyone. Nobody's gonna see me here. Well, you don't need to see me because it's not about me. Can we move it? Yeah, I think I need to like stand here. The world is so different when you, you get a couple of... In yeah, yeah, I need to lean. Okay, so thank you, Pastor. Thank you. All right, well, thank you so much, Shalina, because you've really uh, set the tone for what I want to go into. And um, I do have older children, and I, I found, you know, I accepted the Lord after they were already teens and going into their 20s. So, But it's never too late because there's a lot of healing that happens when you start healing and when you start changing. But what I want to talk about today, well, first I want to say that um, God gave me a whole bunch. When Pastor asked me to speak, my first thing was, and I'm going to say that, no way, but I knew like God wanted to deal with something with me. And so I went, I went and I started studying about motherhood. And he taught me so much about motherhood and um, his maternal nature, God's maternal nature. So we all have it, whether no matter what. And one of the things I want to share before I go into what I'm going to talk about is, thank you, Father, first of all, and use me as a channel so that I can um, be of service to you. All right. Uh, motherhood is not just merely a biological function. Motherhood comes from the heart of a woman or a man put there by God. It's a nurturing thing. Not all mothers give birth to children. There are those who are called to love and nurture God's sons and daughters at all ages. Believe me, I know because when I look back as I was doing this, I realized there were a lot of people that stepped in 
when I felt alone or not being mothered or parented properly. Uh, whether you're uh, in, in us. Okay, we have the ability through the Spirit of God in us to encourage, inspire, equip, nurture, and comfort. And the greatest thing of all that we have is to love God's children. So with that, he took me on an intense journey about honor and everything else. But this is what I wanted to share. And it's definitely more intimate because... It was something I needed. It's called, and this came in, a call to honor my mom when Pastor asked me to speak about this. I didn't realize how I was feeling. Um, for as long as I can remember, I have struggled in my relationship with my mother. My memories are not what you would uh, refer to as like happy days or you know, those, those shows I watched, Brady Bunch, on TV, right? They were very chaotic, unpredictable, unstable, and sometimes even fearful. Picking out Mother's Day cards to, to really up until this Mother's Day have been, it's been a real hard thing for me. It's been a challenge, and I stand there, and I talk to the cards. Really? That's not my mom. And people look, and they're like, who is this girl? Really? I want to know that person. And I would do that, and I'd stand there for hours just trying to be honest. You know, and especially, even more challenging when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because I really didn't want to lie to her. But I didn't want to hurt her. So every year in the past, I would come to church, and I would listen to preaching on how great their relationships were with moms, how wonderful Christian moms are, um, or just, and this is what I was hearing. I, you know, I, I know reality, but in my heart, this is what my heart was hearing. Or just um, speaking about honoring moms. And I even, one year, went to lunch with James and murmured about it. Like, what about the people who don't have such great moms? You know, so, and there were scriptures like Proverbs 31, 25, 30 which is a beauty because I was really taken back by this perfect woman. But I've come to realize through Bible study that she had a lot of help. It wasn't just her being, uh, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction in, on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also. And he raises her and he raises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to, pray, is to be praised. Another one is 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7, about love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice and injustice about unjust, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always is hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, children obey your parents. This is a good one because I had a hard time with that too. In the Lord, but there's the key word, in the Lord. For this is right. 
Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that, is, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So when I heard these or studied them, I really struggled inside because that's not my image of what a mother was um, or who my mother was. And um, I mean, I did have fantasies of these great moms because I, they were around, but I, it wasn't mine. So when pastor asked me to preach a little something on Mother's Day, my first thought was, hell no. <laughs> I wrote it, hell no, with exclamation points, because I was feeling it. Then immediately, I said yes. Because through my journey here at TCVC, and from the moment I, I got saved, I knew in my heart, because God does this, he, he, you know, I knew something for me was in it, you know, to learn about myself and about my heart and to walk through it. So as I was preparing to unleash my thoughts about honoring mothers on Mother's Day, God stepped in, and thank you, Father, for that. Uh, you see, God does this with me. He steps in and he brings me, uh, when, when he's teaching me or preparing me, and I have to put this into, for the new levels of my life. He takes me on a journey and fills my, my mind, my, eye, my mind's eye with visions like movies. Sometimes of my past or sometimes what something is going to look like in the future. Often, it is events when I was in myself, me, myself, and I. And he shifts it for me. You know, when I'm thinking about, oh yeah, that was, and then he's like, it was you. You were the problem, you know? And, I, and, and that's good because he's so gentle to me. All right, so um, that's where he corrects me. He gives me direction and reveals to me that he is and was always in my life even when I didn't know him. He will show me himself while I'm standing on, on, in my backyard and thinking I was the greatest thing because I redid my yard. He's like, there I was. It wasn't you. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You know, that's years ago. He brings us, whoop, there I am, thinking I'm all that. Okay, so as I was preparing to, oh, sorry. Hmm. Okay, so, uh, yeah. In the past, my mom did her best fighting through her own issues to be there for, during my addictions. I, you know, and, and my mother got thrown out. I went to a rehab. I was 20 years old. And my mother, they threw my mother out of the family because she wanted to beat me up in front of everybody because I was talking about secrets in her mind, you know. Um, and then parenting, she was there. But I would, go, I would go to her house on the weekend. My kid would have, like, you know, a can of soda and a ding-dong. I'd be like, what? Because I wanted to be the other kind of parent, right? Or even my divorce. Why did you settle for that? You should have done this. Whatever. But she was there. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see which is why it was difficult for me to honor motherhood. Since I accepted Christ as Lord and Savior of my life, which was another thing my mother, when, she, when I told her I was, I didn't even know it was cold born again. When I told her that, she's like, oh my God, what does that mean? What are you gonna start knocking at people's doors? And it's like, that's, I love her. Don't get me wrong, I love my mother today. And that's the beautiful part of this whole thing. Right. My desire to honor my mother, oh, since I've learned about Jesus, my desire to honor my mother 
has grown. And motherhood. I didn't understand motherhood. I had to learn. All new. Just like what Shalana was saying. I was that child. Grown up as a woman. And I needed to relearn what God had for me. You know? So, um... So I, I, I would ask God, you know, to, to teach me and show me motherhood. What I thought would be impossible became possible through God's love, his word, and his guidance, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because my whole thing is I always relate the Trinity to my everything, like the beginning of a story, the heart of the story, and the end. It's all about God. It's all about the kingdom. Whenever I turn my will and my life over to Jesus, he is faithful. Looking back, it was in, in, in those, th- those times, the times where I thought my mother wasn't what, I can, what my perception was to be the best mother, those were the times that God brought me back to, that he revealed motherhood and my mother's love for me. Even if I didn't think so or I didn't feel it at the time, through his word, through prayer, through practicing his will, and I had to learn his maternal nature to practice that with my practical knowledge. If I don't take the stuff I'm getting here and start walking it out, it can't get here. And that's where it needs to be for you to be in his perfect, acceptable, awesome will. Whenever I turn, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I became aware of the honor and respect connected to motherhood and how much God honors mothers, especially mine. To honor my mother is to honor God and his will, and his word, and his ways. It was, it was about two weeks ago, so now, two weeks ago, before Pastor asked me to speak, I, would, I was gonna get ready to um, send my mother a gift. And there's been many things in our journey that brought me to the place where this can happen to me, what I'm gonna share. You know, there were times walking with the Lord that I had, he gave me opportunities to, and I didn't even know some of them were as deep as they needed to be. But most of you know that I, I was battling the infirmity cancer, and um, thank God, you know, he's been defeated. But during that time, there was a lot of cancers that needed to be defeated. Not just the one that I was being told was in me, but there was a lot of stuff on me and on the people that around me. And there was a time when, there's two situations that I think brought my, me and my mom to a place where things started, just walls started, the tear of the, of the veil. The first time was when she came and I was very, very sick. I, they, they pretty much stopped treatment. It was terminal, it was in my lungs, and there was nothing they could do. And we were sitting on the couch and I couldn't breathe, and my mother leaned into me, and I let her, and that was me letting her say sorry. You know, she couldn't say words because she doesn't have Christ, but I do. So I, and I heard God say, "Just let her, let her come to you," and it was a veil that came down, and I felt free. I felt free, and I know that she felt free because that changed, that shifted things for us. It shifted things for us that not too long ago, which I didn't speak about because as I grow in faith, my walks change. So I was, um, it was suspected again that 
it was, you know, cancer was coming back, so they wanted to do testing. Now, my mother's never flown a day in her life. She doesn't do anything by herself. She's she's the the big mouth, talks about everybody, but needs everybody. So we used to say the kinesiochiaffi disease. That's what. (laughs) She's like, I hate men, but she needs them. I hate my children, but she needs us. So anyway, so she's like, so. She flew. She flew. She fought. She walked through fear for her love, for me. And God showed me that, that my mother would never, first of all, just the fact that she came out of herself, you know, and I'm not saying my, my mother is a great woman and she has a great heart, you know, and in the natural world, before I knew Christ, everybody would say they love my mother, love my mother, you know, but now I see her in such a, I see her as God sees her. So when she flew in, I knew that that needed to, sometimes we think it's about the thing that's being the diagnosis, but it's so much bigger than that. It's healing for a lot of people. It's a lot of things that are getting healed. A lot of cancer's falling off, a lot of arthritis, whatever it is. You know, I've learned about all this spiritual stuff and I use it. I use it, so, you know, in the prayers. And that was a gift for me, for my mother to come. Everybody was a little, you know, and she was shocked when she got there. She left her dog, she came, and she took me to the doctor. I mean, it was incredible motherhood that I got at 50 years old. It's never too late, you know? So it was about two weeks ago, I was on the computer, and I was getting ready to send my mother's... uh, a gift, you know, flowers, and I started to look up Mother's Day scriptures, right? When God had brought me back to the beginning, and then he brought me back to the beginning, like Genesis, right? In my mother's womb, and touched my heart with revelation and a deeper understanding of motherhood. The scriptures opened my eyes, there were two, and suddenly, as God works suddenly, I felt an incredible love and honor for my mother, an appreciation of how beautiful and wonderful, wonderfully God has made her. For me. For me. As all mothers are. All mothers are made beautifully and wonderfully by God. A gift to a child, as a child is a gift to a mother. So it was Genesis 1.23. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And the other one was Psalms 139, 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. It will praise you for, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well my frame, that my soul knows very well, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. At that moment, I lost it. My eyes just, I just cried, but it was joy. It was tears of joy, and I 
And then I knew it was like the name, what God put was, you know, a call to love was, love was etched in my heart of motherhood. Because there's different things that, that we need as we're walking it out. You know, there's other things that are going to come my way. Situations that are going to be things that need to be etched in my heart. But I embrace this. And if we don't, if we don't step out in faith, then we can't get the gift. It's such a beautiful gift of freedom. I'm no longer in bondage to veils. I mean, I'm talking about brick walls were, were knocked down with, between me and my mother. All right? And... um. So my, uh, a call of love has been etched in my heart to honor motherhood. And for the rest of my life now, no one can take that away from me because I know that I know about motherhood. It's been a, bless, a blessing by God to be fruitful and multiply. It's a blessing to be fruitful and multiply. That's one of the things he prophesied over us, and he, it's a mandate, right? It's the importance of a mother's womb the importance of a mother's womb is incredible. It's a place that God designed to provide us comfort, safety, the same thing. The same thing that we are to as parents, mothers, go out. Safety, nurturing, and love. A place that still exists in my mother. That I can see with my heart today. That place where I was the safest inside of her. How marvelous, how marvelous are your works, Lord. That's what I say to God. I would like to honor and thank my mother and all the mothers here today and on the earth. We all have one. Pastor said that earlier. We do. We all have a mother. Whether we, like myself, struggled with it, didn't know her, whatever it is. For God blessed mothers. So, and he blessed us for having them. Thank you. Oh, and now it's Susan's turn. Okay. I'm taller, so I got it. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Is it on wheels? Oh, it's a cup. Okay, I'm sorry. That's good right there. That's fine. Thank you. I want to get you directly. <laughs> under, <my clock. laughs> under your under your light, <laughs> I'm under his light. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Okay, so um, you brought tears to my eyes, and it was awesome <laughs> from a whole different angle of the way I grew up. So for me to hear that, it was. But we all have struggles, no matter how you brought up. Okay, so to me, and I think to every mother, uh, being a mother is our greatest challenge, and it also. It's our greatest reward, but it can be our greatest challenge, is the way I meant to word that. Because no matter what, again, we have trials and tribulations with our children as they're growing up. But they can be a test of our patience. They can be a test of our faith. But we need to grow from it. Um, if we do not grow from the trials and tribulations from our children, we can't even teach them to grow. So... We have to be growing with it. God's not looking at the problem we're going through. He's looking at how we're dealing with it. No matter, because when your child has any issue in, your, in their life, you've got it. And you're the one that needs to help them be the overcomer while they're young. So uh, I always knew even when I was a little child, you know, great problems brought 
a great life, a great reward to me afterwards. So I look at a, a great testing is a great blessing, okay? There's always an end to what we're going through. Uh, our children can bring us so much joy, but also there's times where you get angry. And I used to think, oh, I can't get angry. This is wrong. This isn't what God wants me to be. And I, I know that, to me, I was so glad when I read the scripture that Jesus got angry and upset the tables. Like, oh, good. <laughs> He's human. I can be human. You know, I can have these natural feelings, you know. So the Bible tells us we can be angry and sin not. So, you know, we have to forgive right away. And forgiveness uh, is something that came easy to me, probably because my family could easily forgive. So, I mean, with my children, when they do something wrong, you know, it, I can actually, while they're doing it, especially once I learn forgiveness is a decision, it's not like when I feel cozy about it, you know? So I can forgive them right away, okay, even if I don't like what they're doing right now. So I, I can do that, and that's, that's because if I'm go not going to, if I'm not going to walk in forgiveness, then I'm sinning. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to forgive, I'm going to reconcile, and I'm going to work out whatever we're going through. I don't think it's possible to be truthful to raise a child unless you have God's unconditional love. I, and if you do, I, I do, I think it would be hard on the children, okay? I really do. His unconditional love, and Luann already read it in 1 Corinthians 13, um, and, and when I first started reading that, I was like, wow, this is like, who really has all of this all of the time, <laughs> you know? But I'll tell you, it's God's love. And it's really, I have learned that that's the only kind of love there really is. The rest of it is feeling and caring. But that's what love really is. You have to really, it's, it's totally different than what we may think it is. You should kind of dwell on that and, and you can receive that kind of love. You just need to go to the source. And when you receive it from the source, you'll be able to give it out. I know when someone just even asked me, the kind of love that you have from our child, you know, they're born in our womb, right where our spirit is, right where the Holy Spirit is, you know? And when somebody asked me about my kids, I don't care if they're an adult right now, I still get this feeling of love that comes from deep in my spirit, deep in my spirit. It just somebody will say their names to me, and that love just starts coming out just by hearing their names, because that's... My children are part of my flesh. And if I want to talk to you something about something great they did and it brings me joy, I feel it all over in my skin. You know how kind of like you'll get the chills? Just the children are part of our flesh. And it's just, it, it just, they're going to, no matter what age they are, they're always going to be a part there for you. What is a mom? You know, God is a male, but who is he and how do we get this nurturing from him, right? Well, here's what it is. Here's a mom. Here's what we are to our children. We're their counselor, their teacher, their advocate, their intercessor, their comforter, their helper, their strengthener, and their standby. Sound familiar? <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. God put right inside each and every one of us this comforting nature that he just let come live right inside of us. So once you've accepted Christ in you, you've got it already in you helping you so that you can release it to be a mom to help them. 
but while we're what we're actually doing is walking out when they're young they don't know how to hear and feel the holy spirit so we're walking the life out of the holy spirit through us like a vessel and to be teaching them we should be teaching them how to be hearing from god how to feel his impressions because if we don't we're still going to in their adult life be their holy spirit we have to teach them i know that i do not want to be my adult children's holy spirit okay that would be so wrong god gave, i used to think god gave me the greatest gift of children and then i realized god trusted me to give me his gift of his children for a season to raise them up not to be dependents on me but to be dependents on him and I, I, that took me a while to figure all of that out because I thought, they're my children. They're my children. And then they're adult. And I had a hard time letting them go to God because, you know what, I know them so well. <laughs> Do you really know them as good as me, God? I mean, I really struggled with all of that. because, And then I realized he just trusted me with his children. Okay? None of us own anybody. You don't own your children. Okay? You are trusted with God's child. And I'm so grateful that he trusted me to raise them up. Because it doesn't matter, even if I'm out helping somebody at the park, I, I can't raise dependence. My own children cannot be dependents upon me when they're adults. Okay? Because then I'm their savior. I have to face my creator on judgment day. And I don't want him to say to me, you know, I trusted you with the children, but you never brought them to me to worship me, to teach them about me. And I go, oh, no, I did. I taught them how to read and how to pray, and I taught them about the Bible. And he's going, no. You taught them that you're the provider, that you're the dependent. You didn't lead them to me. I can't do that. Not only that, it can't be reversed. I don't want my children going to their creator on judgment day, and he say to them, I don't know you. Your mom is your God. I can't, I can't have that, you know? So I have to make sure we may not realize it, but our children are our training to make disciples. Every one of us have a calling, and it's to make disciples. And our children should be our first disciples that we ever make. We are bringing them up to make disciples. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths so we need to teach our children that they are to be trusting in him and he's going to be the one uh, leading their paths god showed me this sprinkler a water sprinkler and the you know how a sprinkler is just going and it's going out like round or whatever and it's just sprinkling all over the grass and watering it and that sprinkler is a mom just watering. We start with a seed in our womb, but we are watering our children with God's love the whole entire time. We're watering them, and that water of that love is connected to a hose, which is connected to a well. And my well can never run dry. If it runs dry, I can't water and shower my children and help them grow with God's love, correct? 
So if my well starts to run dry, I have to dig into the word of God and I have to receive the living water, which is endless supply underground, that living stream of water. It has to be connected for me to keep watering. Now, the thing is, is I can't let my children tap into my hose. Do you get it? I have to teach my children to dig their own well. Because if they're tapping into my hose and they're living on my faith, it's secondhand faith. And I'm not going to always be here. Okay? And then what are they going to do? Who's going to teach them how to dig their own well? And I know that I kind of did that as a child. See, I was raised totally opposite from Luann. The most amazing mom and dad. When I shopped for cards, there weren't any good enough. I'd have to go through 20 because they didn't even begin to describe my mom. Okay? So we both struggled shopping, but... (laughs) Totally opposite reasons, (laughs) okay? But at the same time, I mean, I was raised in, my grandpa was the pastor of the church, and then when I started raising my kids, I started taking them to Sunday school when they were young, but I was raised with so much godly love and information about the word that I kind of thought, eh, it's not that important, that's okay, we can go fishing today or out in the boat, and I stopped for years because, you see, I was thinking, They can just live off my water sprinkler. You see, I had so much in me from what they gave me that I was letting them tap into my sprinkler. So even I was raised at the opposite end of you, you see, I totally ran into a situation where I didn't have the revelation from the word of God. And you have to get that revelation to understand it. And you're not going to give it unless you're tapping into your well and you got that living. You got to get into the word to understand his word. You really do. And then I started realizing, oh my gosh, living just by example with God's love is not enough. My kids need to know how to read the word. They need to know how to drill their own well. That's for sure. I know that we have, as a parent, when our children are young, we have a lot of work we have to do for them in the natural. But we should, at the same time, be speaking over them and teaching them in the spirit world, correct? But as they grow, it's like a sliding scale. The less you do for them in the natural, you're not still putting their Band-Aids on when they're 12. They're doing it themselves, right? You're no longer dressing them. And so the, more you're, the less you're doing the natural, the more you should be doing in the spirit world for them. Um, I have uh, grandchildren, so that's a double blessing to me. I have five of them, and it's awesome. Uh, Grandchildren are great. But just like I have no control in the natural over my adult children, I have no control in the natural over my grandchildren. So now I've moved into a higher realm. And I'm going to tell you why it's a higher realm. Because by this time, I should have learned through all the trials and tribulations that I've been through, that my faith should have grown enough that I now know how to stand on the word. I, know, I now know how to prophesy into them and to speak into their life. I know, now know how to stand on that word when they were really young. I did it, okay? You learn through your trials and tribulations, and I'm going to tell you, nothing will make you press into the word more, at least to me, than something happened to my kids. Nothing. I'm going to find a way to get this prayer answered. I'm going to find out what kind of faith I got to have, and that is what pushed me into the word with trials and tribulations in my children. And so now now I speak into their life because you see now my job as a grandma is to be speaking into their life spirit in the spirit world. See, I now have more control. 
I got all the power and authority, and I don't even have to be at their house. They can tell me that their child has a sore throat, and in the spirit world, it doesn't matter if I'm laying hands on them or I'm praying over the phone or laying in my bed because I got all the power and authority now, and that's what I do. I, I start stepping into it now, and every single day, I speak into my not only children's life, but my grandchildren's life, and I'm speaking into it because, you see, I have more time. I'm not helping them in the natural, so I have lots more time in the spirit world to be praying over them. And I prophesy into my, I have a three-year-old granddaughter and I'm praying for all of them, even my three-year-old granddaughter, that not only is she God going to be sending her good friends that are going to be good influence in her life, but that she is not going to be unequally yoked, okay? That she is going to have a Holy Spirit husband in her life, okay? And I figure, you know, that's good. I start young. That word will not come back void. There's no way that all my grandchildren are not going to be having Holy Spirit filled spouses, okay? And that's what we need to do. We need to have that sliding scale and start uh, moving into the spirit world on them. And I, one of the most things that I can tell you is that I thank God, and I know every one of us mothers do, for letting, giving me his child on loan, because they are all a child of God, but we are to be, should be teaching them to grow up, to be sons of God, to be disciples of God, correct? And the one scripture I want to close with is Isaiah 55, 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your, your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So obviously, you know, God's thoughts and his ways are greater than we can ever as moms think we know it all and we got it under control, but we definitely need to (laughs) receive from him. So I want to thank y'all. And what I would like to do is I'd like to pray over all the mothers here, but not just mothers, even someone that wants to be a mother. And just like, like, see, God, like Mary, you don't have any children, but what's your calling? You're calling every one of us know is two children, right? I mean, because because he's planted into you that mother nurturing heart. And he's done that even to every man here. Do you understand? So to I want to pray over everyone because maybe everyone doesn't have a calling even now for children, but maybe you do in the future, correct? But I want to pray over us for anyone that has a mothering mother nurturing heart or that wants to. So if if you just lift your hands up, I just thank you, God. I thank you for the mother nurturing heart that you put inside each and every one of us. And I pray that each and every one of us will look at our children or children that we are teaching or leading or guiding, that we will be looking at at them through your heart, God, and that we know that they will be receiving your love, God and Father, that you sit on us, that we're just going to pour that love out and that we just know that we're going to raise them up into the way they should go when they get older. They will not depart for it. I I speak into your lives, good relationship, healing relationships with your mothers and with your children. And I restore relationships into your life. I speak good, solid, loving relationships. And I pray that maybe you have a lost child out there, but Jesus will leave the 99 for that lost child. You just speak that out to him and he's going to bring that lost child in. You speak it over into them and that child has to come. God. God's word will not come back void. So we speak this into your life for lost children. We speak for children that have gone into bondage, that that will be all yokes. Everything is broken and your children are set free. And that we ask you that God's 
your hearts will be softened and that the eyes will be open and the spiritual understanding to all mothers here that you'll be leaning on God's way and his trusting and his thoughts and you'll be praying for his way on every decision you make in your children's life and that we are raising up disciples God that we are not raising up dependents and it is your unconditional love that we are not looking for our children to say I love you back because love is not self-seeking we are looking to love not to receive love but to give love because our sprinkler comes from the living water and we are flowing out we are not receiving the water back in the love comes from you that each and every mother here will know to go to the source for love go to God God is love and just let that love flow out do not feel any type of offense or condemnation from any child that you have you walk and you learn through these trials and tribulations and we will grow through this together your children will grow and that you will grow and that we receive your love and we thank you for the wisdom that you'll put into us and that each person here will receive your wisdom your grace and your mercy and i speak all blessings just from the not only just the womb but just all the way coming from the heart god just put the heart of your unconditional love and just let it flow out into each one of our children in jesus name amen For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.